0: Welcome, everybody, to the Map, the Mental Health and Addiction Podcast. We are here today with the incomparable Andy Bernstein. Thank you, thank you. The incredible Kristen Perry Long. Oh, thank you. I am Kimberly Walsh of Brady's Landing Sober Home for Women, and we are here today with a very special guest, Melissa Westerman, who we will speak with after our break. How
1: about that? I, wow. Yeah, speaking wow. to the mic there. Whoa. 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 All right, here. Thank you, let's Kimberly. Let's this up here. Thank All you, right. everybody. All right.
0: So. I'd like to go ahead and turn it on over to Andy.
2: Thank
1: you. Thanks, Kimberly. Um, yeah, we'll meet our, as you said, we'll meet our guests in a few, but we got to circle back on a bill that we just discussed last week. And it was the Mass Senate unanimously. Unanimously. Unanimously he passed the. Mm-hmm. Act to address barriers to care for mental health. And the idea behind it is to increase access to mental health services by removing barriers to timely quality care and provide the state with more effective tools to enforce existing mental health parity law. So I'm going to you to say, what is mental health parity, friend? You being Chris.
3: Um, so Kimberly just explains it so much better than I do. <laughs> Parity law, because I can't even see, say parity. I was calling it party law. <laughs> she was they have a new party law? Oh, really? It's just basically it's, it's equal. It's equal. So, like, if you go to one doctor and you go to another doctor, they have to treat you equally. Is that so, if you're right? going
0: in for insurance companies are requiring healthcare facilities and doctors and the whole. Um, Healthcare industry to treat physical injuries the same manner in which they would treat mental health issues. Right. Okay. Exactly.
1: Okay. okay. So this bill will expand the health access to underserved cultural and linguistic populations okay. and the LGBTQ community and will also, also create a help pipeline of mental health professionals, and uh, currently about 90% of mental health clinicians in Mass are non-Latino whites. That is very interesting. So they're trying to, gr- to grow that. So, um, And then the other part of this is Lori Pellegrini, who's president of the Mass Association of Health Plans, said that the group believes the entire healthcare system should be responsible for reaching the goal of mental health parity in Massachusetts. She said the bill will help move the state in that direction. I, yours truly, attended the event, and it was oh awesome. yeah. How
3: was that? It was great.
1: It was great. And as a matter of fact, um, so I had my new camera, and I fumbled and bumbled. It was terrible, <laughs> right? I'm like being such a spaz. I got like I got cords everywhere. I'm out of focus. I'm like I hope they don't look at what you know my focus of the of the of the camera because it was all out of focus. It was new. Right?
3: Did you not Practice. think about practicing before? I had
1: just gotten the camera before. I wanted like to look the part. like buying a
3: pair of shoes without trying I them on. I
1: to look the part. It was like you're going <laughs> to a <laughs> wedding. Okay. You're like going, I want. To a event. going to He's going to
0: videotape using his new toy. Right, That's if you it. go to
1: an event. What, right, what you're you like, I got to go, go shopping <laughs> before I go to an event. Okay, so, but I will say there were tons <laughs> of people from all walks of life there to um, talk about this, you know, being a part of it. It was a whole consortium. You had nonprofits there. What's that? It was was a a melting melting pot. pot. Yeah. And the media was there and uh, it was great. And then towards the end of it, they go, okay, we're voting now. So they all split all the senators, state senators split to go vote right in the middle of the press conference.
3: Wow. Um, wow. Right? And then We're they being came called. back and it was like, bam.
1: Yeah, and it was – Signed, and it was, sealed, and delivered. Then it was there. So hmm. my question to you guys is, okay, so now that this bill is passed, what other things can be done or what, would, what other things would you like to see that can help us to complement or piggyback on this law? How
3: about enforcement? right well yeah enforcement always i mean that's that's a big thing and it's kind of like when we get the mash certification you know everybody gets all these certified homes and that's great and wonderful and you get these M A S H letters next to your name but who's going and checking up and who's making sure you know and so back when we talked about insurances and stuff and we said you have to advocate for yourself people are going to have to advocate for themselves to make sure that they are getting equality Mm -hmm. and i think what is really important is that you know um 7 to 14 days is not enough time to stabilize somebody on meds when you have not even a real diagnosis you know charles last week said you know he's still two years messing with meds, trying to figure out what yep. works. And I mean, you know, I do know, messing with meds and it's like, it's not, you can't take a med and then I'll see you in a week. It can't be like so that. Cause like that. what happens, you know, There's it's a shelf life too. It takes, a, it takes time to get in exactly.
0: system.
1: Exactly. So, so it's interesting. The next day I went to see my friend who is a doctor at St. Elizabeth's hospital. who does medication assisted treatment. Mm-hmm. He also does, um, he works for Stuart you know, Stewart Healthcare. So I went to him and uh, one of the top doctors in Boston and a super guy and we were talking about this bill and he said, you know, in his opinion, I think the PCPs need to do a better job of discussing mental health with their patients. Mm-hmm. Primary care
0: physicians. Yeah.
1: Right well, not p c p but the primary right, care physician,
3: right, but I think the other thing is is like so you know we have psychologists, and then we have psychiatrists, and the psychiatrists prescribe right, and the psychologists talk
1: so you should really have both and you have to
3: have both you have to right like you shouldn't have one without the other because
1: they're not caped because their agenda is different, right they're going to prescribe well, their, roles, as-
3: their roles, their roles are different their roles are different their roles are different so psych is. You know, we're going to talk about your problems right. and psychiatry is we're going to prescribe meds to address these problems. And I mean, I think that they actually should kind of be one in the same because now you got to talk to this doctor and then you go back to this doctor and it's like, nobody's talking. So example. So I went to the emergency room Monday morning at 6:30 a.m.
1: We don't need to talk about why, why?
3: But the hi-pa, bottom line hi-pa. is, right, the bottom line is, so I went in at 6.30 in the morning, and um, I went in within my network, my where my primary is, and before I got home, the message had been sent to my primary with all the ER doctor's notes about what was going on. And I had a follow-up appointment set within a couple of days based on my symptoms and, that's and it how I be, was treated. Right. So, right. Right. So, you know. However, let's take a different right. example.
0: So, so a mental health issue, you go in to see a psychologist for a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. I've have some issues. Maybe it's situational. Maybe it's depression. 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 Is very, right. It's yeah. So then, so you go and you continue seeing your psychologist now. At what point does – do you decide, does she decide? Who decides where you actually need treat, uh, medication? Do you need – are you having a chemical imbalance? Or this – you know, who decides that? We don't know. We don't, wouldn't even get that far because no psychologist notes are going to go to any psychiatrist without an ROI request um, – release of information.
1: Not return on investment.
3: Not return on investment.
1: Okay. All right. Good. <laughs>
0: right. Different show.
1: There's this huge <laughs> right, disconnect. Right, in, right.
3: There's a huge disconnect in the whole medical field. If you get lucky, um, you know you do get the psychiatrist that talks to the psychologist. So in working in this field. We are we try to be able to get in touch with your psychiatrist to say, hey, you know what, you're giving them this med. I can't tell you it's a bad med or not med, but based on their behaviors and based on what they're telling us, you know, on our one on ones. I don't think, I think you need to revisit this. Like we need to be able to talk to one another. And right. there's so many barriers right. that, you know, yeah. and PS, where's the
0: PCP in this? Right. Do they even get notes? They don't get notes from your, from exactly. your well, that, that's what he
1: was saying. That there probably needs to be more of a connection right. to Absolutely. it. We're really, and like I said, it's like really having a team. Yeah. Right. You have a team, you have your primary care, you have your um, psychiatrist, you have your psychologist, you have. You know, people all working together and kind of in a 365 way, more of a holistic approach.
0: Right. What happened for Kristen physically in her physical injury. Right. It it happened. It all came together. They got that working. Now we just need to do that on the mental health side. Right. And the
1: doc said that a lot of the patients (laughs) that they see in like orthopedics have other issues. Like mental health related things that
0: stemmed from, say, an injury. No,
1: no yeah, like uh, like you might have severe back pain, uh, but there yeah. might be more to it than just.
3: So, speaking of back pain, don't
1: point at me. Ha- <laughs> oh, I'm
3: kidding. Okay, here you go. Ready? I'm Kim? kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. You know. I'm kidding. Um, I watched the psychi- uh, the pharmacist. Yeah, that movie. Yeah. have you watched it yet no. have you watched I, it yet I, it's on my list okay so i watched the first one the first it's like a couple segments and i was like the first segment was kind of like dry and like where's this going you get past that first segment it's about a, a pharmacist who lives in illinois in this you know and he's bum doo doo where there's nothing <laughs> and you know it's a mom and pop pharmacy right it's like that old-fashioned whatever you go and it's like hi joe how's you know the why it's like that kind of pharmacist anyway he had no idea his son was dabbling in drugs his son went out to go buy he was i believe he was smoking crack he went out to go and buy drugs and he was murdered oh and he went on this vengeance to find out who murdered his son and in doing that his eyes were open to the fact that a his son was an addict. Yep. And then as a pharmacist still working, he saw all these kids coming in in their 20s and early 30s wanting like needing pills oxycontin. and oxycontin and then he took it a step further and it was the same doctor. And then he took it a step further and discovered that she was seeing upwards of 76 people a day, cash only, and starting at 11 o'clock at night. Wow. And it just, it was like, it was mind blowing. So if you want to kind of see the fruition of how this all came about, how like this whole pandemic came about, it is a great uh, short documentary it's eye-opening it's oh it's um, a true story it's a true story this guy was um this doctor was fundamental in in the beginning of bringing big pharma down and when we brought big pharma down nobody talks about it but then the cartel came in and it's like oh this is all dream
1: like dreamland stuff like yeah
3: kind of sort of but this is like this is like hardcore he was recording he was doing he he got it all wow it was really really and this is good. on netflix ne-
1: yeah yeah netflix on netflix all right so Sorry. we're gonna no that's all right we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back to someone who knows a lot more not more than you guys but
3: she <laughs> that was a dig out you owe me lunch on that one. oh
1: you know what i don't even start with me all right we're I gonna take go a short that. break and we'll be right back you are listening to the, the
0: map, map.
3: Yeah, it was a great movie. I just finished I it. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Well, I don't know if it's done yet, but it's. I I got through the end. Yeah, I think it's, it's done.
2: Gripping, isn't it? Four episodes is that? But they I think do? it's like four. Yeah. Gripping.
3: Yeah, it was You're crazy. Gripping. It's
2: absolutely gripping. You're they're, gripping. Well, there was the, there was the original <laughs> story, and then the second story,
3: and. Well, and then how his <laughs> which one are you the, the guy, uh, the kid came forward test, and said test. I saw. The murder, and he turned out to be the kid's blue. murderer. Oh, I know. It was like, yeah, it was crazy. And that she,
2: what a hero she was. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. I'm it was three. just, it was just a really, it was so well It done. was a really, really good. Like it That's wasn't. Good. Like I said, the first one was a little that bit hard to seem. get into. Really Sound slow. was okay, Mike. Yeah, yeah, it four really too. Slow. Good. But yeah, yeah, it was stunning. Yeah, it was very good. Highly recommend. All right, kid.
1: Did you like that segment? Yes. Did we sound okay? Absolutely. All right.
3: You guys are on point. You're awesome.
1: Think we not we're nuts?
0: Yeah,
2: of course. That's why I love you.
1: <laughs> love you too. I don't
2: know anything about media though, so I can't comment on.
1: Hi, everybody.
2: <laughs> I love you as people.
1: I'm all right. You, you you no, know I do as podcasters. Buddy. I'm a good. I'm a good man. <laughs> I'm not a
2: podcast. We're
1: not. We're doing all right. all right. All right. I'm gonna have to read this part of the beginning. All right. Okay. Gonna... All right. So, because we have a big, big guest here. And
0: how long, how long is this
2: How
1: long am I You're going to be About 20 minutes
3: We usually get diarrhea Of the mouth And goes on oh, sure. Until you well, know somebody's right. Stomach okay. growls And yeah, Andy mean. pops a candy And he's like <laughs> and, and yeah,
2: What do you it, think it Dave It have to be
0: long Good So
2: it so not have to I be, want like, you Naturally Whatever it is naturally Now
0: yeah. take your Organic Take your okay. camera And so since you're Looking yeah, this way speak, Pull it over towards us speak as close and, as you can turn it toward your There you go So now you're looking at us And the cameras How close do I get just as close
3: just, as you want, you want to have a sexy voice. get right in. on it.
0: Because I can't, I can barely hear.
1: I can't. You can barely hear. At Melissa. midnight, coming on.
2: Hello. Check, check. Oh
0: my God, you're so loud, Andy. I know. This is up the highest. He's. I think he's deaf. Okay.
2: Hello. Have you had your hearing checked?
0: <laughs> Which one? I hear you. When's I hear you time time too. You had your hearing checked? Okay, but we're so loud. I hear you too. Wait let's turn this part down. Is that better? No. All right. Okay. That doesn't help at all. I agree. That? Uh, Poor thing, is, it's <laughs> flailing all over the place. Oh, it's. Yeah. No, the top part here. Uh, that. This.
2: There we go. We're going to tighten her right up. There it goes. It's tighten ball up. bearings.
1: Get me it's a, like ball a, bearings. Get me a three and one. <laughs> get me three and one. There it goes. All right. A bunch better. Okay. All right, let's go. All right, all right. I'm all right, you're going to introduce. You're still me. really loud, but that's okay. You're going to introduce Melissa.
0: Which one is she? She can turn hers. <sighs> okay. All right. All right. Let's go. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> welcome back to The Map. I'm Kimberly Walsh. I'm here with Kristen Perry Long, Andy Burdenstein, and we would like to welcome our special guest, our friend, Melissa Westerman, who is the director of marketing at Ellenhorn. She has been in behavioral health since 1996, helping clients and providers navigate the behavioral health landscape. She is a true advocate to helping eradicate the stigma and shame and discrimination that surrounds mental illness. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much, Thank Melissa. Thank guys.
1: Yay. Yay. So, all right. So, how did you get started in the world of behavioral mm. health, my friend?
2: Mm. Quite by accident. Okay. My, uh, I was going to be a state trooper. New no, you weren't. State what? I was. My dad was a New Hampshire state trooper, so I went to school for criminal justice, and he was actually undercover. One of his undercover jobs was busting physicians in 1970s pre- over-prescribing opiates. Wow. This is wow. not a new problem. <clears throat> My dad was undercover trying to bust over-prescribing, wow. doctor shopping. Interesting. And anyway, I was, uh, didn't know anything about the drug and alcohol field at that point. I just wanted to be a... New Hampshire state trooper and I ran out of money and I was on my mom's couch and I thought I got to get a job. And so the local community mental health center was hiring. So I went and worked in group homes for people with schizophrenia and I loved it and I fell in love and that was, that was it.
1: And then you've been in it since 1996, which Mm -hmm. is a long time. So how, what are some of the trends that you're seeing now in the world of mental health having been in it since 1996 and I know that was something that you wanted to yeah talk about as well
3: yeah no absolutely the trends are really you know financial
1: or
2: treatment wise or everything everything Everything. okay
1: pick your favorite from (laughs) (laughs) I
0: think
2: well I think the good trend is that stigma is reducing yeah absolutely people are feeling more comfortable talking about mental health issues they're talking about substance use issues. So I think that's the best part of what's happened in the past couple of decades Okay, is that it's, the stigma has reduced. There's still a lot, a long way to go, but it's getting better. So I think that's the best trend, you know, the financial political insurance, like that's a whole other bucket. Those are many, you know, other buckets. I mean, when I worked in community mental health, there was a good budget in New Hampshire for community mental health. I worked for the mental health center, greater Manchester, and it's huge and it had like extensive services. I worked on a vocational outreach team for people with mental illness. So I was on the road helping people with mental illness get jobs. And, and it was paid for because it, it was low income indigent folks. Those are the first programs that get slashed, you know? And, you know, a lot of those programs have since been slashed and still a great mental health center. But I think that trend is sad. Yeah. The you know, that's the whole financial end that has been devastating.
3: I work with um, the mental health. Court. Mm-hmm. Like, they help, and it's in New Hampshire, and they help people find treatment. Yeah. I don't think we have... Do we have anything yeah. like that in Massachusetts? Yeah. I've never heard of it. Uh, we've like, got drug courts. Yeah, drug court. But this right. is, like, mental health. Yeah. This yeah. is great. Nashua Mental Health Drug Court, our, yeah. our mental health court. Yeah. Yeah, it's New Hampshire cool.
2: does a nice job. I mean, I, that's all I can speak to is that's where I've worked most of my life. I mean, I work for an organization that's out of Arlington now, but I born and raised and educated in new hampshire and they've always had done a really nice job with with resources like that
3: yeah i have to say like the people that i've been dealing with from the police to community outreach they're nicer than massachusetts people you think so i don't yeah. know. <laughs> I,
1: um, I mean no, no. she begs to differ. No, no. you're nice but you know to to chris's point i mean Knowing that in New Hampshire, there is a very big problem, mm-hmm. right? More, you know, fentanyl mm-hmm. is a big problem.
2: There are the problems That's everywhere. Right. Yeah. But right. yes, absolutely, it's more rural. Right. I grew up in cow country. I grew up with cows. You know, I mean, that's that's why. You know, I didn't. I never big chance to get angry. Farmers.
3: Farmers don't have drug problems. That's eh? right. That's
2: right. That's right. But it's very rural. Right. Exactly. (laughs) The cows. That's you know. We'll talk about that. That's a whole other show. Another show. (laughs) Whole other show. But yeah, I mean, the more rural the environment. I mean, it's there's different problems in different you know socioeconomic locations for different reasons. Right. Like, the, the pharmacist show that we were talking about, there was in rural yeah, um, yeah. Louisiana. Somewhat rural. It was right outside of New Orleans, but fairly rural. It got yeah. fairly rural. There wasn't a lot to do. Well, so, and they
3: said that people would travel upwards of 200 miles to come to this, yeah, to come to see this doctor. Because mm-hmm.
1: like he was the, prescribing pain pills. Sure. She, yeah. she was prescribing mm-hmm. pain yeah, pills.
3: Yeah, Jessica uh, Clegett. Cleggett. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, I got to watch this. And she's oh, yeah, trained yeah. as a
3: pediatrician.
2: Yeah, what was right. what was
3: running a pain clinic? Right. And then they said that the pain pain clinics were so unregulated that the FDA or DEA DEA were seeing them pop up everywhere, and that's why, like down in Florida, for example, they had so many. Every street corner had a pill mill. Right. And they had that reputation of pill mill. So if you go back and you Like watch the trends of of overdoses and stuff, you'll see like if you do the the comparisons, you'll see like, okay, so they had 900 pill mills in Tamarack and they had 2,000 overdoses in a year. And it, the trend was right. was so in, proportionate like to they the, they mm-hmm. saw in this town they saw all these overdoses happening and what was happening with this movie is people would come and they would sit for hours and hours and hours and wait right. and as people were coming out after they got their prescriptions they were selling their pills to the people that were waiting in line oh, to go God. and see the doctor like it's insane the the stuff that we was that I learned from that it makes a lot of sense now but like you know people say what well, you don't know you don't know and it's like it's crazy mm-hmm. it's crazy
0: yep Melissa, what, would you think um real quick so on that note so rural versus say city mm-hmm. um with the introduction of fentanyl mm-hmm. right across the board would you say that then the trends in the rural areas stayed mostly in the in pill form just because the, fe- the fentanyl and the other drugs were just more ubiquitous in the in the cities
2: yeah, I, I, I'm not an expert. I will own that. I don't, you know, anecdotally. I don't know about the reason. I mean, anecdotally, yeah, it's access mm-hmm. right. and it's in finances, right? Sure. So it's both. It's the right. intersection of access and finance. You know, more, yeah. you know, the predominantly people turn to heroin
0: after f- after mm-hmm. a,
2: you know an injury or you know, and it's also more affordable. You know, it's not a dollar a milligram for a pill. you know, like it's, so, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, but again, I'm no, uh, not an expert. I don't have any data behind, you know, that, but I'd say anecdotally. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, okay. So now you have a, you're the director of marketing for Allen Horn Mm -hmm. and it's an interesting organization, different Mm -hmm. than what you've worked in before. Mm -hmm you really like it. I love it. Okay. So tell us about Ellenhorn mm-hmm. and what makes you guys un- unique.
2: Well, I think it reminded when I started working there it reminded me immediately of my community mental health days and a lot of different ways certainly internally culturally the the staff and but also programmatically it was You know, Ellen Horn's main philosophy is community-based care. So, you know, for psychiatric and for co-occurring substance use, I mean, we all of our folks have report a mental health issue uh, anywhere from schizophrenia to primary. Um, So, your primary mental health program. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um,
3: And that's important to know. Yeah, absolutely.
2: That's that's really the foot that we lead with, Um, and only in sort of a, I guess, language sense, Mm -hmm. like clinically you know you sort of touched on it earlier what came first the chicken or the egg right. you know the meds right. or the right. self you know the self medication or the symptoms as an uh, you know effective drug and alcohol you know we when you're in like true dual diagnosis care it doesn't matter <laughs> it's continuous uh-huh. assessment <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter like it, it's a continuous assessment in treating somebody for long term so that what makes Ellen Horn special is that they treat people long term in their homes so we have a team of people psychiatrist nurse wellness Licensed clinicians, licensed alcohol and drugs that go into people's homes and take them out in the community and help connect them with their resources in the community. That's why I love it, it reminds me of like how I was trained.
3: So you're not a residential?
2: We do have a small nine-bed res, absolutely. But that is, it's almost secondary to our community-based care. It's really, if people really need some 24-hour care temporarily. We believe least restrictive level of care possible mm. at all times. Mm. People should only be hospitalized and and. You know, sent to a higher level of care if absolutely necessary, only because it's traumatizing. Right. Yeah. Most of our clients, anything, a hospitalization, an arrest, even just if a family intervenes and you go to residential, even if, you know, and God forbid a section. (laughs) I mean, really, there's place for that. Please don't get me wrong. Right. People need to be safe. Sure. However, it's overused. There's
3: a a primary mental health facility. (sighs) I can't remember the name of it, but it's, it's inpatient, but you can leave. Oh that's are um you? that's at Nokeg in plain, no. no? No. It's in like Devons we... or something. Um I wanna say it's Ostaguy, but it's not Devereaux? No. Um I'll have to Google it. Oh South Coast Behavioral Hub. <clears throat> nope, nope, nope. It's nope. let's just <laughs> yeah, no, keep on. Let's just throw more out. Okay, <laughs> is, there yeah. any more? is
1: there a prize at the
3: end? Right? <laughs> ding ding no, ding ding. So ding. that's really so you're kinda similar to like Aware, where where are you familiar with aware? I am so you're different model though right yeah but you that's kind of what you do though you go in the home i for some yeah. reason i thought you guys were residential that's well, so we cool. do have we do have they a small are.
2: res but yeah. it's we um our model of care is assertive community treatment which is a model that's been around since the 70s yeah when there was a de-institutionalization of psychiatric hospitals like they closed them all down and everybody went into the community then the community was like right what do we do now? Right. right. How do we care for people in their homes? Right. They developed – the federal government developed ACT teams, and they've right. exclusively been through community mental health centers, and it's an evidence-based practice. SAMHSA endorses it. And so that's what we are, which we're just private.
1: So when we talk about community, that's yeah. your founder. Yeah, Ross, Ross Ellenhorn. The great Ross so Dr. Ross Ellenhorn. Dr. Ross Ellenhorn um, has a different approach and a yeah. vision about um, – Recovery, Right. And, and addiction. Absolutely. Right? It's not...
2: And it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting because he's a social worker, but he got his PhD in sociology. So he's hmm. very much understands on a very different level and a very refreshing level people right, and human connection and the value of human connection. And, the, and it's not news to you guys. It's not news right. to most people that, you know, the addiction or mental, like dual diet, whatever. Right. Let's get away from diagnosis. We need human connection. connection. It's the opposite of addiction. That's how you get well. Yeah. It's people. And that's that's where we start. Okay. And it's not about focusing on diagnosis. Yes, diagnosis informs insurance, it informs, you know, psychopharmacology, but it other than that, we kinda don't care. Right. What are your barriers to getting well and how have you been traumatized by the system and and how Me can being we help? in the system, I'm not yeah. downing the system. We, you know, people, good-hearted, smart, sure. wonderful people trying
0: to help people, but mm. it's traumatizing. And overall, and generally speaking, overall, it's not necessarily at the rates we want it to be right. for success and in helping.
2: Right, right, right. So you know, Ross really does a nice job of infusing that into. You know, certainly the evidence-based practices, the modalities we use, blah, blah, blah. But, it, you know, it's truly about treating people like humans.
1: And you like it because you've worked for other places where mm-hmm. they may have been a little more, you know, butts and seats kind of thing. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. heads and beds. Absolutely. You know, this and is more of a... Um,
2: I think it's easy to lean on numbers and it's easy to lean on um, diagnostic labels. It's easy to lean on... Um, this is what we know insurance says works, and this is what they'll reimburse. And we're just going to mm. do this. And you've got to show up to this group because this is. is what gets paid for. Yep. And if you don't show up, we're kicking mm-hmm. you out.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and guess what? You're going to relapse and come back, and then we're going to charge your exactly. insurance company again. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so
2: we treat folks yep. who sometimes are in different stages of change. You guys know about you know, Prochaska, Stages of Change, and people who are still... No, I don't know that. Okay. Uh, Prochaska created, wrote a book on stages of change okay. for anything. It could be cigarettes, eating... And we all have, we all go through stages of change, and, and you can vacillate back and forth between different stages. And when people are still using, we'll still treat them, or if they relapse, or if they're refusing medication, that just means that different phase. They're in a different phase of change, and mm-hmm. you can vacillate, like I said, and, and that doesn't mean you get kicked out of our treatment. That means we use that as a therapeutic opportunity to figure out, you know, why that's valuable to you.
0: Right. It's a very different modality, and it's very unique. Yeah, correct, it, and it's not being used. This is pretty unique to Ellenhorn, if it's, I'm not mistaken. It's
2: pretty unique, yeah. There's, I mean, uh, certainly there's plenty of programs who certainly believe in harm reduction and certainly believe don't kick people out for relapsing. I mean, I hats off to everybody sure. who has some flexibility in terms of that. Sure.
3: Well, I think that the like you're talking about like not kicking people out for relapsing, and I think that you know it's so easy just to say next. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, of like course. some of these places they have a line out the door. Well, why do they have a line out the door? You know, are they good at what they do or not? There's a there's a fine line. Like mm-hmm. if somebody relapses and they're humble and they're like, "Oh my god, I right. I relapse." Let's let's support them mm-hmm. and move on. Mm-hmm. Instead of just kicking right. them out exactly. and like making them feel even more crummy about, you know, a bad decision. we do know punitive doesn't work. We know that. That's
1: correct. Well, you're privately privately
3: owned.
2: Absolutely. And private pay. So I will say that disclaimer that, of course, it's a luxury to be able to treat people in this sense because insurance isn't dictating what we can do. I will say that. And that's the difference. I know that. And I know that. I'm aware of that, that, yes, you know, if insurance supported stages of change, there would be more access.
1: Right. Sure, but some people can drive a Cadillac and some people drive a Kia. It still gets you to Mm-hmm. Same way. But do right. those people but,
2: know what makes them different? Like, are you driving a Cadillac because it's a Cadillac, or are you driving a Cadillac because you know it's a better car? Right. And which is sort of to what Chris says. It's like, you know, do you really know what you're getting for treatment and exactly. it's, as a consumer? Right.
0: right. I mean, how many, how many times, Chris, have you talked to parents of, you know, the child that they really want to help, and they've gone through, you know, we already went through this. We already went to this. It's supposed right, to, be, but they're not know, all created equal. Correct, but they're learning that the hard way. They're right. learning that after eight times of being in treatment. But nobody going, can agree now? on
2: what 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 it is. Right. right. There's so no we had federal the f- governing exactly. body that says this is how people are going to be credentialed in every state. Exactly. And everybody's going right. to know the same thing. Yeah. Right. And and, and
3: the other thing is, so you know, you had like the Florida model, and everybody had to follow the Florida model. Well, at the end of the day, the credentialing and everything. What is their experience? Why aren't they talking to the people that are that are there, dealing with you know? So we have to, we're at balance. We have people, and it's IOP. That's mm-hmm. all it is. IOP and OP. So it's intensive yeah. outpatient. It's after your you know your PHP or your residential. This is where. I believe a lot of your real recovery starts because you're back into the real world per se. So all those challenges and things, you know, they play a part in it. So we're constantly having to go back to insurance and saying they need more days They need more days. Well, why do they need more days? You know, are they doing this? Are they like, who are you to decide if, if we're hands on here and we're listening to this person, why can you drop the hammer? You know, on the, on this person yeah. and decide because this box didn't get checked out and this one did. It's just ridiculous. It's And what it does is it forces treatment centers to nest, kind of bend a little bit and make, it's not bad decisions, it's in the best interest, but... You know what I mean. Yeah. Yep. It's like, it's just, it sucks. We're put on a fine line. And that's why the bills are so
0: important. That's why what Andy, you know, when yeah. he went to the... That's that's why. Yeah. That's where it starts.
1: Right. And understanding, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's a great segue because Ross, Dr. Ross Ellenhorn, uh, is a... Um, I met him. Great guy. Mm-hmm. He has a different uh, approach where he's an author, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so he's not somebody who you know, he knows this stuff, Mm -hmm. not just, oh, I'm going to be a private equity firm that I'm going to get into, whatever. This is the difference between, a big difference with Eleanor. Yeah.
2: Yeah. His social, I think the combination of his social work background, his, you know, his sociology degree, but also just being a good person. Right. He's a genuinely compassionate, wonderful person that understands the impact of families and of Consumers, right. you know, and that's, that's ultimately who's suffering. It's not just the consumers, but their family members who are often searching for solutions for their family member and don't know what questions to ask. They right. don't know. Exactly. Right. And they're just, it's, you know, a hundred grand later.
0: Right. And they're looking for resources. They need resources.
2: Right. And who's to say what's better than another? Nobody's
0: objective. Exactly. Nobody is. is.
1: This is important for us as we talk about mental health and addiction to have people on the show from this world so that people can understand the different types of things Mm -hmm. out there. So I don't want it to sound like an infomercial, but at the same time you know it's good for people to learn what makes alan horn unique and so um ross has a book
2: Mm -hmm. it's it's coming out it's pre-sale okay tell us about the book it's called how we change okay and 10 reasons why we don't so again just Hmm. another refreshing perspective on stages of change right Right. change and and what that takes and what and a million reasons why we don't me include like all of us included right whatever that is i don't want to change that's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Because you're perfect Change the way you scary, are. You, though. Though. Talk to me about that, Andy. Uh, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um but
2: and, and I'm always happy to talk about Ellenhorn. The point being though is that I everybody wants to be the expert. I'm not an expert either. You no. know, like I, I never will be. Is
1: anybody really an expert in anything? No, because a lot of there's people so think they are, though, Of course, you know, but, because but it's for, constantly uh, w- changing. But right. behavioral
2: health people want to be the expert and they want to be the savior and the hero. So people get on the phone with people who say, This is where you should you should come here. Mm. We're gonna do it. We're gonna, this is the trick, With you no know, and then over this. promising and over <laughs> guaranteeing if anybody, in the market cornered on this, there'd be no treatment centers, yeah. you know, like Correct. I wouldn't have a job. Right. And you know, so that's, I'm preaching to the choir, but I mean, that's, nobody's an expert. I mean, but I'm, I'm a fan of Alan Hart. I'm a fan of their model. I'm a fan of just generally
1: speaking. Well, you're a genuine person who wouldn't do something if you didn't believe in it.
3: 100%. Right. Yeah, 100%. Right. I don't, th- and I think that, you know, what happens is that, you know, a lot of people that are in recovery get into this field and they change and some change not for the better. Hundred percent. And you know, part of the reason that I've kind of moved around a lot is because I get to know my clients and I advocate for them. Mm-hmm. And if the place that I'm working at currently isn't the right fit, I'm going to find a place that's going to be the right fit for them. You About get to your know values. them.
0: You're the anomaly, Chris. I mean, let's true. face it. Right. She's an anomaly. It's true. Right. You I mean people who actually advocate for their for their clients? I'm sorry, few and far between, especially if they're being paid by the organizations exactly. <laughs> that you know. Right, right. and you're on
1: right. a, a bonus structure, right. and it's like yeah, I gotta no get, get yeah. There's a portion. quota, a, yeah. Be, right, so it's a very uh, it's very con- right. there's so, a conflict there. Right, right. Because it's
2: the same as the Purdue farmer rep in the yeah. pharmacist. It's yeah, the same model yeah. of sales. Exactly. So if we're
0: talking about things that people don't like to talk about. There's your first clue, folks. If you're working with someone who gets paid a commission based on quotas you know
3: research a little bit more so you can't get based on quotas because that's enticement and so what happens is you you get bonuses and it's just for and it's putting the heads on the beds Mm -hmm. and so yeah i mean i don't i don't get a bonus i get a raise but i have to perform to get the raise so Honestly, at the end of the day, if I can put my head on a pillow and look in the mirror, I have I look in the mirror and I have kids calling me saying thank you, you right. know, I just graduated and I'm right. happy and right. you know. But that's, that's
2: your purpose in life. You've clearly found your purpose. Exactly. There's right. other people in this industry whom it may not be their purpose right. or their values are different. Right. Be their I'm looking suit. to pay my mortgage and you right. know. Feed my kid, right? Yeah. You know, and whatever it takes. And, and drive like, a Lamborghini, mm. r- right? <laughs> you know, like so. I mean, it's not that that condones yeah. it, but I mean, look at people's different values and their their compass. You know, mm. if what's driving them, like right. I'm right. of like minded with Chris, like I, if I can put my head on the pillow and say, you know, I don't, I'm not sure Ellen Horn's the right fit for you. I don't know enough. Yeah. Right. I don't. You know, I, I, I'd have to do a full, ass, you right. know, admissions but assessment. But you will understand know, that. It portion of it
1: right. when you go to work for a place because you understand the values of the company that you're going to right. work for and if yeah. you don't right then you're like i can't you know there's people who do it and they right. fake it right but there's a lot of people who say you know what i'm not doing this this doesn't jive with me
0: right. i'm out right um so do you have any success stories that you can share? Yes. that well i
2: think um there's so many there's so many i will say that i think there's a common stereotype that people with thought disorders like schizophrenia or, you know it, it is a tough illness, um, but people do really well. And our model is psychosocial. If if you guys have heard that term before, it's, you know, you may have heard biopsychosocial, which is really just the intersection of, um, you know, it's like the social and psychiatric and the bio, meaning like maybe the medication or the physical, you know, that's our model. So that is proven to find the best outcomes. If you take all of these things, yes, is medication important? Oftentimes it is. Um, sometimes it's not. But that plus the, you know, therapy certainly, um, community integration, vocational life, your purpose in life, like rediscovering your purpose. We believe people come to us and have lost their purpose because they've been labeled and shamed. Mm-hmm. You know, you're schizophrenic. Um, you're not a person with schizophrenia that happens to be something about you. not right. You're a schizophrenic and that's who, that's you, who are, you are. So right. we don't look at it that way. So I think, you know, that's different and our success stories are about, people who you would stereotypically think mm. oh, they can- you've heard it a million times they can't work they're not ready anybody can work anybody can volunteer anybody on, in some capacity in some way can find it. it's purpose. part of life it's dignity yeah.
1: and there's, that's there's the a, problem
2: there's, there's
3: a bottle um, recycling place down here in Mansfield and it it only hires people with disabilities mm-hmm. so they have a lot of like down syndrome mm-hmm. people and other mental right. challenges it's a i guess right big part you of life say. And you go Seems in fun. and it's like, you see, you know, it's a very robotic process, but they're working and they're happy and it gives them purpose in life. That's it. And that's, that's it. you know, like at the end of the day, it's your purpose it's, in life. It's your purpose in life. And
2: whatever that means, and like, we don't want Ellen Horton to be people's purpose. What we're doing is working with people in the community to find their purpose. Like, exactly. We don't set up this robust structure that with us, that they rely on us and get very dependent on their structure with us. It's we're going to plug ourselves into where they are so that they find their purpose out there.
1: Right. Um, Real quick before we go to break. Yeah. Age groups. What what are some of the ages? 18
2: plus. It's all over the map. Generally speaking, a lot of young adults, not by design, but just, um, you know, I think with anti-stigma, people are seeking
1: help sooner now. More male than female?
2: Um, Generally, yes.
1: Okay. All right, we're going to take a break. Okay. Will you stick with us sure. for our uh, our next segment? Yes, I will. All right, we'll be right back on the map. We have a Sandy.
0: Hi, everybody! Welcome back to the Map. We are still Andy Bernstein, Kristen Perry Long, and Kimberly Walsh, and Melissa Westerman, who's still he's still here with us in this segment. We are going to our mailbag, and we're going to answer um, a question that we have coming from Sandy and Foxborough. Christine, you said we'll
1: that ahead. right. You said that right. Thank you. Okay. I am from Randolph. Randolph.
3: <laughs> Randolph. Ram. All right. Someone suggested using marijuana. At, oh, Lordy. This is just a, <laughs> and such here a we go. conversation <laughs> yep. as a way to treat my anxiety. Do you see this as an effective method? Wait, disclaimer, don't answer that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I am not a professional. I smell smoke. Is there a fire? Air burning. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to tell you right now, there's not enough study on it. So feel free to smoke away. Mm. Do what you got. Let me know how it works out for you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Possibly possibly check with your doctor. Check
1: with your doctor. Check with your psychologist, your therapist.
0: You know, do you have a history with with addiction? Are you just swapping? There's so many. That's such a Penelope's. What is that? Um, Pandora's, box. Pandora's box. Penelope. I've heard. I like Penelope. Penelope. Heard, it over. I
1: like Penelope. You've opened like Penelope. up your own Penelope's yeah. Cube. <gasps> yeah. Uh, not P- It'll be Penelope's box, mailbag. But Penelope's cube. Um, uh, Today's wow. Penelope's cube uh, what you, is. <laughs> uh, what do you see about in your world? Do you see marijuana being um, prevalent with people that you're? you're I, it's
2: always it's always been prevalent. Right. It's just people are out with it now. With with the laws our philosophy has not changed it's always been and always will be um that just because you're using doesn't mean that you do not deserve good treatment okay or just because you're smart you know everybody's different everybody's biology is different everybody's Mm -hmm. family history is different everybody's everything is different we're not anti this or pro that right what does what works for you and what? Does anything in, impede your functioning? And, and is anything a barrier right. to you yeah, living so the best many, life? There's so period. much. Period. Everybody's right. so different. Yeah, there's some research and data behind some, like a lot of
3: things. But like Chris said, there's just we don't know enough yet. Yeah. I, well, I think also like what we're forgetting is that the marijuana one we were growing up is not the marijuana that, 100%. These that you're guys not father's
1: marijuana anymore yeah
3: right. you know so it's, and, it's right it's just not enough and, if you, and it's so unregulated it's so unregulated and, and really if you is, ask someone in the it's program not, is it a gateway drug well that's oh. what i going to say
0: so someone in the program will tell you like if you're in strict aa in a, excuse me in a step program they're going to vehemently uh state that yeah it's a gateway drug and that it, all drugs, anything that alters your mind takes away from your spiritual connection. Which can also be caffeine, though. Can could also be, exactly. be nicotine. It, it could, any, could be exactly. anything. Anything. I However. was
1: I was so taken aback. I was watching the NFL Network the other day, and Michael Irvin, who uh, played football, he's one of the commentators. He had a drug problem, and years ago, like a lot, of, like a lot of arrests and stuff. So he was saying that he was down at the uh, Pro Bowl. And w- mm. he said, "Oh, I was learning more about Tom Brady and what he might do." But of course, you know, I had a cocktail in my hand, and I was like, "Wow!" Huh. Like I really got taken aback because it's like, you know, that's the discussion. If you're not using drugs, but you're using alcohol, we have content yeah. for
3: another show, folks. I know, <laughs> I know. I just had a mom saying it's so nice to be able to have a beer with my son now, and I'm like, "What? What? <laughs> what?" You know, Is it
2: yeah. like <laughs> There's some stuff we do know. If if somebody with schizophrenia asked me if they get, if smoking pot's a good idea, I'd probably say probably not. Right, right. You know, but you know, that's just paranoia upon some other symptoms that may be present. But like, or history of addiction, gener- right? Like, generally speaking, yes. But you know, as a blanket uh, statement, everybody's different. But exactly, we do know some things. Mm.
1: Right from a pain management, idea. and then from pain management, <laughs> it's a really big. Like you said, it's a really big study. You know, pain management. Oh, yeah. Do you take it? I mean, I was using CBD cream that had THC in it. What? I, oh, yeah. When? After my shoulder. I loved it.
3: And had another you had THC in it? Yeah. Did you forget We're to read advocating. the label? No.
1: My cousin, I was out in Seattle. <laughs> my cousin
3: got
2: it. Oh, oh right? yeah. I was out in Seattle. Oh, I bought it yeah. in, in Seattle. Trans gave it to you? <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: we get it. It worked. Understood. It really helped me, honestly.
3: Remember that show when... Uh huh. Yeah, no, it's all coming to it's fruition. Oh, all- <laughs> uh, coming. To- yeah. I don't use it now.
1: Yeah. I don't have a compulsion to use it.
3: No, I'm just busting. Okay.
1: To, you know. No, but seriously, like it really helped me. But I don't. You know, I could use like the tiniest little bit.
2: Statistically, people who take benzodiazepines and pain pills are not addicted to them. Like, like statistically, statistically, pe- right. it's the There's more the, who, right, the, right that right. don't, but they, of course, we're focusing on. You know, right. that should be because it's life and death. So
1: this, going, so S- the S- thing S- is, S- is, none of this is clear cut. No, of
0: course no. not.
1: It's all a gray it's a case area. by
0: case. Right. So it, that's why it should be a case by case right. basis. But uh, again, more content, more shows. More content.
1: All right. So, Chris, where can people find us? That's our show for the week.
3: Uh, you can find us on Facebook, the map, um, and also um, you can actually find you on the pod- podcast hotspot.
1: And we're on Spotify.
3: And we're on Spotify and iTunes
1: and of course Foxborough cable access Wait, and of course YouTube. YouTube. on YouTube. Yep. YouTube. we're all over. We're all over. We're growing.
3: We're growing. And we're... if you want to sponsor us, let us know. And <laughs> and, and reach out.
1: Um, reach out to you, Chris.
3: Yep, yep. You can reach out to me um, 508-212-7206. You can get to
0: all the links from Brady's Landing
3: um, website as well. And Just step on, and you. your phone you know, numbers
0: are
2: on the Facebook page. Yeah, oh. I think so. Okay. And how can people get you? Um, EllenHorn.com. And if you want to hear Ross speak, if you want to read his book, uh, Collins is doing a presale uh, well, through Amazon and a couple other sites, but it's um, available for presale if you want to hear Ross talk or hear any other I want to hear you talk. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm good. Uh, but EllenHorn.com, and you can click on events and, and come here. Either in New York City, Boston, and we're now in Raleigh. So. All right. Well, nice. thank you Good. for coming on.
1: Thank for coming you on. so much. Good thank having you. you. And thank you to Thanks, Michael, Mikey. Michael Weber from Foxborough Cable Access, and that's our show for the week. And we will catch you next time on
0: Love, Love That. that.